I love City Image. Hey guys. What's hey. up? Hey, this is City <laughs> Image, Woman's Edition. Yes. yes. We're taking over. Taking, taking over, over for the 9 9. In the 2000. In the 2000s. Yes. Uh, we're so excited to be here. Uh, thank you to Bryant, Rich, and Danny for letting us take over. Um, today we have something special. For you all. Yes. <laughs> but before we jump in, we just want to introduce ourselves. Um, my name is Yvonne, a.k.a. Yvonne the Sage. Mm. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, the, I'm a, the known campaign director. It's a ministry that uh, really seeks to engage uh, the marginalized, the poor, uh, with the truth that they are known by God through um, the distribution of sweatshirts and uh, hygiene products. So I've been doing that, and uh, we're getting ready to kick off the season. I'm super excited. And next we have... Hey, y'all. It's hey. Lourdes. Um, Lourdes, the principal, a.k.a. the woman with principal. <laughs> woman with class. <laughs> just got yes. that name just yes. like two Today. minutes ago. Today. Today. And uh, she literally is a principal. She is not. <laughs> <laughs> She's not yet. <laughs> But yeah, that's the push. But uh, we'll we'll see what the Lord leads. We'll see what the Lord has. Um, I am from Brooklyn. I'm living out here. I'm an educator in Brooklyn, and I'm committed to urban education and urban ministry. Awesome. Mm. Oh, so good. Awesome. Well, my name is Natasha Roberson, aka T Love. T Love. <laughs> T Love up in the building, and I am a child of God. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm a wife. Amen. I'm a mother. Mm. And I helped uh, plant a church here in Brooklyn called the Bridge Church alongside my husband, James Roberson. She the first lady, y'all. First lady. Something like that. Flyest first lady. (laughs) Thanks, ladies. We are here today to talk about women's issues in the church. And we know last week the guys, they were talking about kind of this overall sense of rape culture that's happening right now in society and people that are coming out and making allegations um, around sexual abuse, sexual harassment harassment and the guys gave their perspective on that but we just wanted to chime in and kind of talk about what's going on in society right now from the ladies perspective and other day uh Charlemagne the god he came out and on his radio show he appointed himself donkey of the day Mm. because he just realized rape culture is a thing and Mm. he's been someone that's been promoting it and it's been around Mm. so ladies kind of just chime in on your thoughts like what is rape culture and how do you feel like it is pervasive in the world and also in the church? Mm-hmm. Well, Lourdes, I thought you gave an excellent mm, definition right. of mm, rape culture. Mm, um, no, okay. So, yeah, so I wrote about rape culture because it is something that is just everywhere right mm. now. Like, we're really walking around kind of in this smog that we live and breathe where as women you are subjected to sexual harassment you're subjected to um, sexual coercion just on your everyday life mm-hmm. and rape culture is not only the culmination in a violent act of rape of a man against a woman rape culture it is the subtle jokes that happen in locker room conversations. It's sexualizing women or objectifying women in any way, shape, or form. It's language of of hate towards women in any way. Hmm. It is in the everyday conversations and everyday life that we have where it can just be like, if your brother decides, oh, I'm just going to hug her, place my hand on the small of her back, or talk about an article of clothing that she's wearing. That is all... Hmm 
foundational in rape culture and it builds up and leads towards those violent acts yeah, that are co- yeah, committed towards good. women so like how have you seen those what are you th- what are you thinking around rape culture it kind of feels like when you have been trying to convince like a white person that slavery happened and that mm. there have been um, effects of slavery that has been passed on from generation. It just feels like, oh, man, wow, like men are finally getting it. Mm. Um, and I am thankful that women are um, being courageous and coming out. Um, but it does feel like, man, did, why did it have to take this long? Uh, why does it take so much convincing for um, men to acknowledge that um, this has been a pervasive theme throughout history? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm thankful that it's coming to service. Yeah, like what instances have you seen? of rape culture and have you experienced yourself or has it been out in the world has it been out in the church like how how have you experienced this as a woman it's funny because even when you ask that question i'm like i've never experienced it Mm. but then i'm like yes i have but it's become such the culture yeah and even as a young woman there's a sense of i need this from this man to validate how beautiful and how Maybe they, they, they want me. They want to be with me. And mm-hmm. I think we have normalized it. And it's like, this is how it always has been. But of course, I, I, it's happened to me. Of course, men have done things or said things or even touched parts of my body. But it's just funny as you ask that, my first reaction is no. But it's like, nah, this has been going on for years in my life. Um, and it just fascinates me personally right now that... Um, to think about it, it's like in my own mind, I'm like, man, this, this is not right. But I would say that I haven't had it done to me. So I'd have to think about specifically how this has happened to me. No, I mean, I think about that point of like how every day on the news, there's some new person that's being accused of some form of sexual harassment, some sort of rape, something it's, it's everywhere right now. And like, I'm looking at it and I had a friend that was talking about like, you know, wow, people are coming out every single day. And I thought like, this actually isn't that shocking for me that all these women are be, are accusing other people of, of sexual harassment and sexual rape. What's more shocking for me is when a woman says, I have never experienced this or I have never had, you know, been sexually harassed. It's like, raise your hand if you've never been mm-hmm. you know, a, mm-hmm. a part of, experienced something that constitutes rape culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just normalized. It is. It is to the point where you can't even recognize yeah, it. Yeah, we don't recognize it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I I have definitely experienced it, and I still do experience it. I mean, to a degree, you just sometimes you feel powerless, you feel helpless, um, because you're wondering like if you speak out in that instant, mm. will there be violence um, against me? Will will he do something? So you're always sometimes on the edge, like what should I wear today? Like, Mm. is this going to garner a lot of attention or um, should I walk this way? Um, Because there's a lot of men and I'm just, I just don't feel like dealing with it today. And so, yeah. And I think it's especially uh, prevalent, not just for, um, yeah, I think it's especially uh, real for single women, especially Mm. in New York city. And you kind of just do life independently and and you don't really necessarily have a husband um to walk down the street with you and so there's not that like physical um 
layer of protection. Right. And so men just think it's you're, it's just a free-for-all. They have access to you. Um, so, yeah, and I, I guess I can share a personal experience. I remember I was living in D.C. about um, six years ago, and I uh, was getting on the train, and I had a job interview, and it was about lunchtime. Mm. And uh, nobody was really on the train. Um, and so I came. I was, like, so confident, so excited. And... Um, yeah, I just remember being like one of three people on the train. So we got to the next stop and a gentleman comes in and um, he decides to sit right across from me. Hmm. And that's weird. Like all these seats, why are you going to sit right across from me? It's a setup. It was a setup. And um, I started getting nervous. You know Hmm. how you, that internal body heat starts to happen. (laughs) You're just like, okay, what do I do? Um, And so I didn't want to get up because I don't want to assume the worst, but I felt something just not right. So one stop, two stop, two stops go by and um, he starts um, making noises. And I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and get look at him. So I just look, stare outside. Um, and he just is like making, mm, mm. he's just making these noises. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. What's going on? But I was too afraid to look because I felt like if I looked, mm-hmm. I was giving him permission to continue doing whatever. Hmm. Um and so he just begins to uh, be a little bit more louder. I think he says, hey, hey, hey. And I'm scared. I'm frozen. Like, I could have walked up. I could have walked uh, off and went to another train station, um, train car. Um, but I just felt stuck. I felt like I couldn't move. If I, mm. if I left, then he would chase after me. Uh, if I looked, then he would continue doing it. So I'm getting really nervous. And there are people on the other side of the a train car looking at me and I guess they can see what he's doing and finally I look down at his shoes and I and and I see like his ashy ankles and I'm like where's his pants oh right God. like where is his pants like I just see ashy knuckles huh. um, <laughs> and um I'm like okay something's not right so then I finally look and he is masturbating oh my God. he is masturbating and um when that happens, I, when I when I look and I'm like, I just my face looks disgusted. He gets up and he uh, put puts on his pants and he leaves the train. And wow. um, it was traumatic. Yeah. It was so yeah. traumatic. Um, and I tried telling someone, but they he went to another train car, you know. Mm. So in that instance, what are you going to do? Chase him down, you know. Um, but it was very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like wow. it. Just even hearing that story, it's like it, 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 it sounds terrible, it sounds shocking, but it's not the first time that I've heard something like that. Like a, mm. a young lady from our church said that that happened to her on the train the other day. And it's just these everyday prevalent kind of things where, where men are, you know, raised to think that it is okay that you have access, that you have privilege, that this is something that you are supposed to do. Like, yeah, it just mm. happens. Yeah. Like, I, and we were talking earlier about, um, Nicki Minaj, where like how she has these really racy, really sexualized um, pictures that she's put out recently. And we're wondering, like, as a woman, like as a single woman, like you are out here putting yourself, you know, bending down, twerking in these, you know, really skimpy Hmm. outfits. Like what caused that is that now as a woman, you're saying, so I'm going to take control of my sexuality Mm -hmm. because men have tried to to take control of it and I'm just going to put it out here. 
Or is it that I feel like the only value that I have mm. is if a man is yep. looking at me because so this is the way that this is always just how it's been. Like what what comes first? Mm. Yeah. So good. I mean, I can't help but to think about um, Genesis in the fall and just how um, Adam and Eve, um, before the fall, they they had perfect fellowship with one another. Mm. And they saw each other in the same way that God saw them. And they embraced each other with respect and dignity and value. Um, and then we see post-fall and... Um, you see this distortion of the mm. way men relate to women and yeah. the way women relate to um, men and even almost an attack on um, the value of a woman and, a, and an attack on the value of a man. And so there's just, I, I think you cannot talk about this without talking about what are the implications of the fall and how did sin affect how men um see woman and um i think part of it is just this desire to control and to dominate and to use uh power um as a as a way to to suppress yeah um to, and control woman yeah. yeah and i you know and as you bring genesis up of just um satan really attacking the woman mm-hmm. knowing that Jesus was going to come from her room, mm. you know, and just That's to good. see the attack. Yeah. That the evil one is just like, if I can allow um, the men to see women as objects mm-hmm. and not like I created them to be, yeah. I can change this world. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's sad. It's, it's, but it's the evil presence in this world mm-hmm. that all this was happening. Yeah. So yeah. how then do we as women of God respond to to this rape culture? How do we respond knowing that this is a sin issue, that it is something that is pervasive in, in, in the air that we breathe and walk around? What is our response then as women of God? Yeah. So the first thing I thought about was the Me Too campaign. Mm. Um, it happened about like oh, yeah. uh, three weeks ago. And there were a lot of women um, coming out and just acknowledging that they have experienced sexual harassment. They have experienced rape. Um, and um, yeah, I thought that was powerful. Mm. Um, and even though some people could be like, oh, it's social media and, you know, not necessarily agreeing with the platform, but to even just acknowledge that you have experienced um, that you've been harassed or you have been raped, that's an act of courage. Yeah. Um, and to do that publicly on a, a platform so, such as Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I just think was courageous. And I think as women of, of God, we, we could do the same, being honest with each other um, and with brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think men don't really like to hear about um, sexual harassment. They don't, they don't, Mm. it's not like they're like asking questions, Mm. right? Because it's not on their mind. Just like white people don't really like to talk about race Mm. because it's uncomfortable. And so part of, I think what needs to happen is just like, man, what does it look like to begin to engage in dialogue with other brothers about this? it's good. Even though it's uncomfortable for everyone, how can we grow? How can we heal if if it's never acknowledged? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I think as a body of believers, I think we need to start praying. Yeah. I think we need to start praying for um, us as women. I think we need to really embrace um, 
how special we really are and how yeah. God has made us. Yeah. Um, because that's hard in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I don't think we embrace the value that God places on us. Um, so I think praying for us as women, but I also yeah. think praying for our men. Um, I think this could be very powerful if our church, if we get it, then mm. we can be great examples to the world. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to what you're saying, Yvonne, is that we got to have honest communication. We got to have honest dialogue together of, you know, when you did that, that wasn't appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you why. Yeah. And we need to have ears to hear, you know. And so yeah. I totally agree. I think we have to talk about it more. But I think this could be powerful if we if we get this right in the church, we can be great examples yeah. to the world. Yeah, absolutely. You mm. mentioned, you know, getting it right in the church. So I want to know, like, how then as a church can we continue to grow and make sure that women are then celebrated, they're safe, they're encouraged, like, and they are protected? That's good. Mm. I would like to hear your um, thoughts, Lourdes. I, I really do appreciate Bridge. I think the elders at our church do a wonderful job of looking out for the younger women in their flock and and checking on them and making sure that they are okay. Mm-hmm. Like I had one particular instance at the church where, you know, a young man, it, just in trying to get my attention, he placed his hand on the small of my neck and one of the pastors mm-hmm. noticed it and he came to me afterwards and he said, were you okay with that? Mm-hmm. And because I, you know, I, I'm a friend with that brother, I didn't mind it. I didn't feel that it was any way suggestive. I said, yeah, I was okay with that. So he was like, I just wanted to make sure because I would have addressed this situation cool. if you were not okay with it hmm. and that I, I i let the pastor know like i felt so safe and so protected in that way to know that you know the shepherd of the flock is looking out for me that like to make sure that i am physically protected and physically secure within the body and i think that's really one major way is like the church just look out for women as sisters like yeah. hmm. make, if you see them in a jeopardized position ask them like are you all right and then go to that brother and say you know that was not acceptable and here's why go to that brother in love but but also let them know like hey bro chill yeah like, and and this is why we got to stop so i think that's one major way but then also um as the church in the Bible, there are many stories where men are protagonists, and we often hear those stories told in the sermon. But there are also a lot of women in the Bible that were protagonists mm. in their stories, too. So mm-hmm. I think even if we're shifting the narrative that's coming from the pulpit and making sure that we're including, mm. you know, the, the heroines mm-hmm. of the Bible, not just talking about Ruth and Boaz, like talking about, you know, the Deborahs yeah. and yeah. everyone mm-hmm. else, all the other women in the church and making sure that's included so that we're hearing that positive affirming narrative coming from the, the, the pulpit. Yeah. 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 And even just adding to that positive affirming language, um, I think just language is super important. And so it, it, it shapes the way we think of people, how we see them. And so I think we can start in our language. Like, what does it look like? You know, just I, I once heard a woman give the suggestion and I thought it was really valid. Um, she said, um, you know, we often hear um, uh, preachers, um, pastors, when they're speaking about uh, men and women, they usually say men and women. That's small, right? Mm. But it's usually like men first and then woman mm. what what happens when you say like woman and men mm. Mm. you know what shift. what happens when you say woman of men what does that do does it does it take away um power from the men or can can even just the way we kind of think about it like woman and men there's but we've just been trained to to just kind of say men and women and i think these small sort of like 
like shifts in our language can um, affirm women and can affirm men too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. I would say as women, we have voices yeah. and mm-hmm. we want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And I think this is huge in the church. Um, I think that we're helping somewhere in the church that's a leadership position, that we can now see a lot more women in leadership positions as long as much as we see men in leadership positions. And so I think we have to continue to uh, affirm our ladies. Mm-hmm. I think we have to continue to, even when I say affirm, I'm talking about specifically saying great things about our women in the church. Yeah. Um, but even in that, discipling our women, helping our women to be a voice within the church to really help and serve others. Yeah. To that point of like women in leadership, like according to like scripture, like biblical authority, like there is a headship, like there is God, then there is the man and then the woman. Like how do we as women then take on the the authority that we have, operate in the gifts that we've given, be courageous, be bold and be leaders in the church while still being submissive to authority, while still, you know, honoring the the men in our presence. Mm. So good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just think about just in our society right now, um, I mean, there are women doing some amazing things, like leading for Fortune 500 companies, um, taking care of six kids, um, cooking dinner, Mm -hmm. doing all the laundry. Thanksgiving dinner, Lord. (laughs) I mean, it's just like women are amazing, superwomen, like from being a stay-at-home mom to running a company to just multitasking. I mean, um, and so I just, when you have so many positions of leadership outside of the church Mm -hmm. in so many areas where you're influencing and leading people. Um, I think it's challenging sometimes to come into the church Mm. and where the church is still trying to figure out how to affirm and how to uh, bless the gifts of women and fan the flame. Um, It's, it's hard because you're like, Oh man, but at my school, like I am leading teams and I'm a go-getter and I'm taking initiative, but in the church, it's the, you know it's still trying to be worked out, right? And so, um, I think for I think for women, I think there's a level of all right. What does it t- choosing choosing your battle um, and mm. figuring out it, what God has called you to? Mm. Um, and I know for me, that's what I've had to figure out. Like you know, I I'm in full time ministry and. Um, I interned at our church for at the Bridge Church for uh, a year and a half, and I was very young and passionate and <laughs> mm. <laughs> full of fire. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, you know, I and I studied sociology, African American studies, and and my worldview was not only shaped by like the Bible, but also by learning about um, really strong women and also in my personal experience um just even my family going from feeling voiceless and not heard to actually using my voice and uh almost like just rebelling and saying you know what if you don't hear me i'm going to make you hear me right Mm. and so um a lot of what we experience is, is shaped by our experiences and um, from the lack of being affirmed, right? And so I came in just full of passion and I had to learn like, okay, 
what is is not what is going to be right and so um you know just as i'm growing as a person the church is growing um and the church needs grace but the church also needs truth and so uh really depend on the holy spirit to say like okay what do i need to address and what can i just allow to ride out like Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah that's good that's good I think for you guys who who know me, um, I'm definitely bold and courageous, and uh, my first lady. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I speak my mind, um, but I think when we think of this, when we say bold and courageous, we may think you just say what you feel, right? And I don't think that's, that's what is always beneficial within the church realm. Yeah, and so I think. What is huge for us as we do, like, because God wants us to be us. He doesn't want us to be all the same. We are unique and beautiful in how God has made us. And so some of us are quiet and some of us are more opinionated. And so God wants us to use that. But I do think um, we have to be led by God's Spirit and knowing what to say. And I think we have to be... um, uh, we have to say it with truth and grace. I think sometimes we come too too bold with it and be like all truth but no grace. But then sometimes we don't say anything because we're like we're going to be graceful. But how do we have a balance of saying both of them? But I think the other thing though that I think leadership or elders would like to, like more of if we're going to be bold and courageous is just the affirmation that I'm behind you. Yeah. Mm. Because you can give your opinion, but but it feels like you're against me. Mm. Versus, man, I'm for you and I trust you. But here are some of the things that I feel. And so I think if the leadership feels like you're for them and you're here for the long haul and you want to um, do what God wants to do and you want to hear from them too, I feel like it goes over much better than just kind of like, I'm a woman, hear my roar (laughs) and let's get it because this is what I feel. I think there's a, I think there's a great, I think there's greatness and affirmation of your leadership, um, but them knowing that you're behind them and what God has called them to do. Absolutely. Mm, like, that's good. I think we, we see very sh- clear and strong examples in the Bible of women who, who did just what you were saying, of like they affirmed the leader, but they also gave their opinion and then took things on and led. And it we, we like I said before, need to hear those stories and hear those narratives where I can, you know, rattle off Paul and I can rattle, rattle off the male leaders of the church and know like the, the disciples and their names. But what about the women names? Like, in, mm. in, I think in even less talking about those stories and, and having those be common language and common knowledge that would spur women on to have those examples. Like, I know in the Bible it says, like, you're the daughters of Sarah if you do these things. Mm. I think even if we as women are hearing those Bible mm, stories and being good. taught that, we will have those examples of how this is I as this is how I as a woman lead and submit. Mm. So hearing more and seeing more examples. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So final thoughts, ladies. Like, Mm. how can you personally, what are you committing to do as a woman to see women celebrated in the church, combat rape culture, and have a sense where sisters can be be encouraged and pushed to be the leaders and the submitters that God has called them to be? I think... Personally, I want to become um, a woman of prayer mm-hmm. for our women, um, especially our women at the bridge. And uh, the other thing I want to do is making sure that I am being led to disciple a few women. And it's one thing to know my gifts, but how can I help someone else know their gifts? Right. And 
Um, I've heard it this way, like as God opens up a door for me, as I go through it, I'm making sure that I put my foot in the doorway so that it's opening for another woman. Mm. And I think I've got to get better at making sure that I'm taking women alongside me and helping them to develop and grow and flourish, flourish in their gifting. And so that God can use There's too many women in the pews that are not being used and utilized and think that they're valued and they have gifting. And so how can us or how can I um, encourage and celebrate women and help them to see the beautiful gifts that God has given them? And, um, And then also helping to have venues or arenas to be able to help them to use their gifting. So for instance, women's ministry, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I know my gifts. I am an exhorter. I'm an encourager. I'm not necessarily going to be teaching up front, but I know of a few women who love to teach and feel like that's their gifting. Mm. Well, I'm going to try to put you up there because that's opening up a door for you to use your gift to bless the body of believers, but for God to continue to to affirm what he has in you. So that, that's just one example, but that's what I want to start doing more of. Amen. I think for me, um, I am committed to just sounding the call for women's issues and like mm. and talking about it and not just having it die down with a hashtag or not just having it die down with a trend. Mm. I'm personally on my blog, lordessanita.com, shameless plug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to write more about my experiences as a woman, but not just for myself, but like social issues that I see with women and having that put more forefront and thinking about how we can think through those issues and talk about them and That's keep good. them center mind. That's good. And also for myself as somewhat of an older woman in the church, I want to also be committed to being a role model and being an example mm. of like this, this is what godly womanhood looks like while still being a strong woman. Like you don't have to be passive. You don't have to be voiceless. Like you can be bold in your personality and, yeah. and strong while still being a woman of God and, and being perfectly submitted to the, the the men around you and also trying to leave that example and disciple younger women mm, around me and, and, and giving that example to them. Mm. That's great. Yeah, well, I just want to affirm you too that I see boldness, but I also see gentleness. Mm. And, mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, both of you guys encourage me and I'm so inspired by you guys. I'm not just saying that. Um, mm. But uh, for me... I think that um, I think that um, yeah, I am committed to um, healing. Mm. Yeah, mm. and that's the season I've been in. Like, um, and it's very broad. Like, uh, really, just you know, trying to see myself the way God sees me. Hmm. Um, Cause if I'm honest, like sometimes the culture impacts how I see myself more than yeah. how Christ sees me. Yes, And um, yeah. And so just like allowing God to uh, dig up some of the lies and um, embracing real. like the, what beauty really is. Yeah. Right. And um, like, I've got to do this work if I'm going to encourage other women to do it, like I've got to do it. And so, um, you know, you know, right now I'm in counseling, um, because there have been some things, um, in my past that have deeply shaped my present. And so I, I want to like talk about those things and be aware of, of, 
of those yeah of those things um and so yes and so and then the other thing is like being honest being present i think sometimes as women because we carry so much um whether you're married and have kids or whether you're single especially as black women it's just like this burden Mm -hmm. that you carry um and sometimes it steals your ability to be present and to be reflective and to be still and to enjoy solitude um so reclaiming my time (laughs) reclaiming (laughs) Reclaiming my my time time. reclaiming my time reclaiming my time um and just yeah and you know i know it's kind of like a a word a phrase that we cringe to but like self-love um it says love your neighbor as yourself yeah and i think we forget that um it's good and so that's where I am. But as I'm doing that, I, I'm simultaneously seeking to walk closely with women um, and encourage them to do the same. Uh, but i be honest, like when you're trying to figure this stuff out, it, it's hard to 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 walk and encourage. Um, and so you're kind of like, Lord, how can I like um, lead people, uh, challenge people, encourage people when I'm trying to, when I feel like a hot mess, mm. uh, when I'm in, I'm full of insecure mm. in, insecurities. Um, and so I, but what I do know, what I do trust is that, um, God is, and will continue to give me a special grace to do both. And, Amen. um, cause there's just a lie that we have to, as women just have it all together in order to pour in and in, in order to like walk. No, like I am a hot mess and it's only by the grace of God. Yes. Um, and he's perfecting me. He's making me more of Preach. who he wants. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm preaching to myself right now. I'm <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what I would say. Yeah, he said mm-hmm. his grace is it's sufficient. Is sufficient. It is mm. sufficient. So yeah. we just commit these issues of rape culture, women being celebrated in the church, um, to the Lord who ultimately is over it and who is concerned even yes. in the small things, yes. even where me, we may feel overlooked or we feel like, you know, we are being objectified by society. Like God cares about that. Mm. He notices and he sees yes. and we just, That's good. we commit it to him. For the folks listening, if you had one thing that you could say either to a man that is listening or even to a woman that's listening, like what would be your final word? to that person oh final mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like um can i just say a word <laughs> just, give a word sis give, give a word. word um well i would for for my sisters my sisters mm-hmm. um i would encourage them to see themselves more than just sexual objects. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll, I'm going to say this because I think um, whether sometimes as single Christian women, we can minimize our physical body to, to just um, like a sexual body. Mm. So basically just this idea of my body is only, my physical body is only, um, meant to be used when I'm married. And so is this making sense? Mm -hmm. And so there is this, just this idea of how do you connect to your physical body? Like your body is more than a sexual object. It's not just for, it's not just for sex and marriage, Mm -hmm. but how do you begin to embrace your body as a single 
Christian woman. And I think sometimes there is just this, um, there's this gap between like our spirituality and our physical physicality. (laughs) And um, I think that creates some challenges, you know, in the long run. Um, And so, yes, like just in the same way where I would encourage a man to, to not think of a woman just as a sexual object, I think in the church, I think as women, we can, we can minimize our bodies to just that. Um, You are more than your sexuality. Yeah. You're, God has also placed you in this physical vessel. And so use your voice and sit with yourself, take yourself out to the movies. And I, these are things I need to do. Mm. Um, but yes, how do we have a spirituality that is fully integrated um, into like that fully integrates our, our physical body? I would say to my sisters, <laughs> I would say you're beautiful. Mm. You know, I would say you're deeply loved. I would say you're special. Um, I would say um, that you're accepted. Amen. And I think to my brothers, I would just say rejoice with us when we're rejoicing, but weep with us when we weep. That's good. That's good, Tarsh. That's a word. That is a word. And she drops the mic. She (laughs) She just left it. She dropped the mic. That's that T love wisdom. (laughs) I told y'all about my first lady. (laughs) And walks away. Amen. Amen. I don't know if I can come after that. But I I would say to the young woman at church that has been categorized as intimidating, to the sister that has been called a strong woman Come in a on. negative connotation. Mm. I say to you, my sister, God made you exactly mm. the way that he intended you to be. Mm. The personality that you have is God true. given it and truth. it is a gift and yes. it is a talent that you are to use. I also caution, use it use it wisely now. Yes. But good. also use it and it is the way God made you. And I'll say to my brother, it's like, we need you. We need you to be the protectors, to be the leaders, to be the godly men that God has called you to be. Mm. And I I want to implore you to walk in that and, and be free. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes, City Image. Thanks, yes. City Image. City Image for, is the best. <laughs> Come and take over. Yeah, we're going to give y'all y'all show back. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> thank you guys so, so much for listening. Again, th- big thank you to the guys of City Image yes. for, for allowing us to take Woo-hoo. over City for the Image. day. Um, we hope that you have we've blessed you in some way and we have enlightened you to these topics of celebrating women and rape culture and you feel encouraged and blessed in some way. So again, this is City Image with the special guests. Uh Yvonne the Sage and Lord S the Principal signing out (laughs) bye y'all bye City Image is the best what's going on guys this is City Image and this is Daniel the Creator and it's your boy, Young Flatbush. And Bryant, the Theological Giant. We just want to thank you so much for all the support that you've shown us thus far. But we just wanted to 
ask you guys to remember if you haven't already to like us share the content if it's blessed your soul uh subscribe review us on itunes we're also on google play and if you want to keep up with us on social media you can check us out on facebook city image we're also the city image on twitter and instagram and if you want to get in contact with us you can hit us up at city image podcast at gmail.com and again thank you for the support peace